Uh, Zane, we got a big problem. What's uh what's the issue? It's uh it's it's my it's my pet gopher. Uh Fisto. He's he's you know, I, I can't find him anywhere. You know, I've checked his little cage, I've checked the, the backyard. I I wish I couldn't I, I don't know where he went, and it doesn't look like you know, I didn't leave the cage unlocked or anything. Ben, I have no evidence to suggest that this isn't a crime, so I suggest that we take as strong a measure as we possibly can. You know the cops are not going to look into this seriously. Too busy. Too busy. Too much other stuff to do. Very, (laughs) very topical. Um, If only we had some other kind of authority who specialized in getting our pets back. Well, Ben, I uh, I found this uh, business card while I was traipsing through the sewer. Maybe that we call it. That is a terrible design for a business card. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just... What's wrong with his just hair? Gross. Just awful. All right. I mean, what? but what do we have to lose, right? I guess so. Let's give it a shot. All right. Bring. Bring. Hello. You've reached the voicemail of the body soul... The, of Jesse the Body Ventura. Here. 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 <laughs> All right, I'll be honest, I don't have anywhere else to go with this. this that was the entirety of my idea. <laughs> all right, all right, well, that's that's not bad. Let's workshop this. <laughs> I'm currently on tour with Fleetwood Mac, but I'm willing to be your governor or kick Hulk Hogan's ass any day of the week. Um, Leave it at the tone. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a voicemail. <laughs> uh, did, did, it seem, did, did it sound like you could get the job done? It did, but I didn't hear a beep, so I can't explain the problem to him. <laughs> well, I guess this one's going unsolved. <laughs> well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it seems like we had a start for an idea and just <laughs> didn't care how it turned out. I have another idea, which is like... You don't like the idea of accidentally calling Jesse the Body Ventura? (laughs) I like the idea. There is no good execution for that. (laughs) I don't know enough about the man and like... (laughs) No, I just... I'll, well, you know... I I think that should be our intro. (laughs) I think that should be our intro because then I have a recourse to talk about Jesse Ventura. I don't think you need a reason. (laughs) I'll, I'll bring it up regardless. Okay. <laughs> Pretty early on. Is that is that good? Are we are we done? I'm I'm kinda happy with it. <laughs> like we can it can just be one of the ones where we just like, yeah, guys, we don't know. We really killed it last time. We're kinda out. Yeah, we did good enough, right? Like I feel like I did all the heavy lifting in just putting the two together. Ace yeah, Ventura, you, Vessi Ventura. You get you, it. You know, I'm not gonna say that it was a big effort on your part, but I will say it didn't occur to me. I, I don't know why it occurred to me. Uh, I, I will I will admit that because I could barely focus on this show, I did eventually go down the Wikipedia hole and start looking up Jesse Ventura. <laughs> ben, do you do you have some Jesse Ventura facts? That I got a couple of best Jesse Ventura facts that I'm going to just pepper pepper in right now at the beginning of the show, so we don't have to bring it up later. But apparently, apparently was a was a governor, right? Um, yep, Minnesota. A, a governor of Minnesota. 
I, I've been looking through his like political history, and he's got whoa, he's got some opinions about our political <laughs> process. Uh, the one that I wanted to bring up, just because I think it's great, is uh, he said he'd be interested in running for president in 2020, uh, but would only do it under the Green Party banner, saying the Green Party has shown some interest. I haven't made a decision yet because it's a long time off. If I do it, Trump will not have a chance. For one, it gets better. For one, Trump knows wrestling. He participated in two WrestleManias. He knows that he can never out-talk a wrestler, and he knows I'm the greatest talker wrestling's ever had. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's solid logic to me. Yeah, yeah it's hard to... It's hard to like that all fits. <laughs> <laughs> you can't out-talk a wrestler. This is just, that's just basic. If there's one skill I know wrestlers have, it's public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, like, they clearly have some, there's, there's clearly some, like, political acumen cross-skills going on. No, there's, on. there's charisma there, but I'm just saying you can be a wrestler and just say, I'm gonna get you. Well, yeah, but a successful wrestler? Not not in the uh, proud tradition of kayfabe that we've come to know and love through Ultimate Muscle. Like you have yeah, to be not, a showman. You have to sell yeah. it. That at the higher echelons, absolutely. And then I believe after you win the title, then you become governor. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a legal gray area. <laughs> like is that like is that a prestige class? Is that just that like is a also late game <laughs> yeah kind of kind of function? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I. I honestly just wanted to bring up Jesse Ventura for that quote, so I'm comfortable leaving. I cannot blame you. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah, and I like today. I feel like there should be a lot of things to say about this show, but it's just very like exactly what you think it is. Yeah, to the point at which, like, can we just like put off talking about the actual show for a little bit? I mean, let's introduce ourselves and the show, and then let's see where we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cartooncast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is the podcast where we review old cartoons to see what we think of them as adults. Chump Hogan. Uh, and we're the Cartooncast. Going... <laughs> yeah, he's got some real Norb from uh, from uh, Angry Beavers kind of kind of talk going on, where it's yeah. just the, the comedy in. Part of the, like, apparently this is an acceptable joke in the 90s. Mispronounce a word. <laughs> it's very funny. And yeah, just no, uh, ad nauseum. Just repeat ad nauseum. Th- this is perhaps the most 90s thing that we've looked at, and I I, I think it's among the worst aged. <laughs> it's really terrible. I, I kind of am okay with leading into it by just talking about our relationship to all things Jim Carrey for a minute. Mm-hmm. Because, like... That is the entire show. It's not Jim Carrey, but like it is the character that he portrayed and just kind of an exaltation of that character. It's not Jim Carrey, but he plays him on TV. (laughs) Correct. So, yeah, like let's just talk about Jim Carrey for a minute because like. Did you say the name of the show? (laughs) Oh, it's going to be we're we're talking about Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Um, But we're really talking about Jim Carrey for the moment. I haven't seen Sonic. I want to see him portray Dr. Robotnik. I feel like it'll be fun. What yeah, that seems feelings? like a good role. <laughs> what are your feelings about Jim Carrey? Man, like, some of the things he's been in, like, he's just been in so many different things. And, like, there was that middle period where there were serious roles, and then there yeah, was Eternal that... Yeah, Eternal Sunshine. 
And then like the past 10 years, he was just like, he disappeared forever and got weird and became an anti-vaxxer. And now he's back in Sonic. And like, I, I don't know. He became an anti-vaxxer? Oh yeah, he's he's big on that. That's incredible. How do yeah, I not know this about people? I didn't know anything about Jesse Ventura. I knew very little about Ace Ventura, <laughs> it seems. Yeah. But like... Yeah, I've I read accounts. Um, I, I read a book about like comedy and like some comedians. I think it was in the context of like Seinfeld and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody, like a comedian, was a roommate of Jim Carrey, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I did some comedy shows. I did some SNL, whatever. I was living with Jim Carrey. I'm telling you, of every single person I know, this guy's going places." <laughs> yeah, I I remember kind of reading up on his uh on his bio, like people. E- Pretty early in his comedy career, he wasn't doing great. He was doing stand-up, and he wasn't really hitting it with his impressions. But, like, soon enough, people really started to see his his star in ascendancy. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of see why, because the first, the first word that comes to mind when I think about Jim Carrey is inimitable. Like, <laughs> this is the only Not one indomitable. we get. This is the only one we get. You know, like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's no other form. When you want... Jim Carrey in a thing, he you have to give him full control because that's what he's going to take and that's what he's going to impose upon the surrounding you know the product. And there's not really anybody you can get to sub in. No, like if you're going to sub somebody, if you want a performance that isn't spastic and over the top and you know kind of joking to the audience directly, well, you should kinda. just hire someone cheaper. Well, kind of, but then there's, like, the Truman Show, and it's like, wow, that movie was really deep. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't understand that side of him. Like, it doesn't seem like they belong in the same person. I'm I'm talking about the Dumb and Dumber, the Ace Ventura. Yeah. Night, primetime 90s era, Mask, Dumb and Dumber, uh, both of which got their own animated spinoffs. Like, All three, I believe. The Mask. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, yeah, and, and Ace Ventura. Yeah, you, that's what you meant. Um, and yeah, like, and I don't know, like it, it's weird to see him as two such two. I mean, I guess that's what happens with comedy actors. Like that's that's what happened with Adam Sandler, right? Especially with like the kind of kind of cheap comedies, I guess. Yeah. Well, well, Sandler Hokey was comedies. different. Sandler was more of like he played a really like niche figure that we hadn't seen before, and he was able to like do it in every different like uh, context that he could. What do you Jim mean by Carrey, niche figure? Like those characters and, he does are like very distinctive. I I mean, so is Jim Carrey's. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm what I'm gonna say about Jim Carrey is like he plays so broad, like he's doing a stage play, but for film, it's kind of <laughs> like um, you know, Charlie Chaplin. Like, who do you get to replace Charlie Chaplin in that type of movie? I I was struck with watching this and also kind of reminiscing about The Mask. More mm-hmm. than any other actor or like character I've seen, this one is 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 doing a stage play. Like he is he's not interacting with the other people on screen, kinda at all. <laughs> like he's yeah. interacting directly to you, the audience. It's it's like how uh, Bob Hoskins did a good job interacting with people who weren't there. Jim Carrey's doing a bad job of inter- of interacting with people who are there. There there's actually some uh yeah, I, and I'm I'm interested to kind of talk about that aspect of the morphing of Ace Ventura from a marketable but poorly received critically uh, movie into a poorly received unmarketable cartoon 
Mm -hmm. Um, And and because, like, there's a distinction there of what do you get rid of when you animate the parts that were not animated, especially in a in something that is such a gimmicky comedy that relies so much on childish humor. Like, is it transmutable? Really? Um, Well, we saw this in Beetlejuice, right? It's going to get a bit broader. It's going to get a little bit dumber. It's not going to be quite as sexual. Yeah, it, it, it definitely gets kiddier, and it picks up a lot of, like, Flapjack energy for that reason. Like, yeah, I really was wacky. constantly thinking Flapjack when I saw his face. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm interested in that distinction, between, uh, and that's why Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of came to mind, because I actually have a lot of, um, I have good memories about watching The Mask. I haven't seen it in a while, but it stands up in my memory as something like, no, it's not, like, the tight, the most tightly plotted kind of thing mm-hmm. but like the things that they were doing of we're going to give you here is normal john q taxpayer american we're going to inject jim carrey in and see <laughs> kind of like how space bends around him a little bit <laughs> like this like normal place jim carrey <laughs> yeah then, that charisma like, just, field he generates yeah he just and that that's kind of what we get with the mask in sort of a literal way as well it's just mm-hmm. like he 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 bends reality around him, kind of like Cousin Skeeter did. Is in, yeah, in just like he's got like this charisma that just pulls everything in from being a regular kind of day in the life drama sort of thing. Um, I don't think that works here particularly well because the world is already kind of Jim Carreyfied because it's already a cartoon. Yeah, a lot of the charm is that juxtaposition, and it's not here. Right. I mean, it's yeah. it's here, but it's not unique like there are wacky shows like this was during prime animaniacs territory and you could see aspects of that that they tried to steal uh and just not very effectively because that show had like pretty devoted writers i mean granted but we went through through animaniacs and they were also using a very different approach like Mm -hmm. uh this was hell or high water we are following ace ventura flagship you know that's that's the only boat off this island and when you Where, have whereas people Animaniacs, making... they had like eight different ships if one didn't pan out. Yeah, and with Ace Ventura, like when you have Jim Carrey there on set ad libbing and bringing his own energy, that's one thing. When you have a team of writers like trying to encapsulate that, you fall back on a lot of the same catchphrases, the same pun work that we saw in Beetlejuice. It's just, yeah. uh, it's just I- intrinsically not. I mean, if you had him voicing the character and ad-libbing a bit, maybe you could get away with it. I don't think the voicing is all that bad, and I think they relatively well capture the character of Ace Ventura, I hesitate to say, because it's... Yeah, but that's you the know, thing. It's 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 a, it's an impression. It's copying the things Jim Carrey already did uh, yes. very effectively, but there's no room to grow new things. Maybe. I felt like it was more of a context problem of... The world is, it. you don't get that contrast of normal wit world, except, but here's Jim Carrey, um, <laughs> which I, I think is shorthand for this show, <laughs> you know, uh, is Jim Carrey world, but here's Jim Carrey. Is, and is you know immediately, you know immediately that this world is going to be more Jim Carrey-ish because the very first episode has him rescuing Santa Claus. Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> leave something for sweeps weeks. <laughs> Yeah, like, what do we... Leave something in the imagination, Jim Carrey. Uh, yeah, so, like, this is a very... It's it's a it's a hokey kind of 
comedy. Um, it relies pretty heavily on the mainstays of the Ace Ventura crowd. You know, you got your toilet humor, you got your facial expressions, you got your very loud noises from the main character. <laughs> but then you got some stuff that is distinctively un Ace Ventura, which is that you don't just get every other character giving him a blank stare. You also have this, the way that cartoons tend to supernaturalize the, the, yeah, yeah. The, like the, the, like it, in Men in Black, yes, things were aliens, but they weren't like gimmicky aliens. Like the worms was as bad as you got. Mm-hmm. But you take Men in Black, the animated series, you can do all sorts of shit that would not pass. You know, you can, you yeah. can, you can have like beings made out of light possessing people. You can have literal ghosts, you know? Yeah, yeah. And in the third season of this, you know, they really went off the rail. You know, he goes back in time. He goes to alien worlds. I did not see the third season. I'll be <laughs> yeah, honest. I watched two episodes, which is a new low for me in terms of like <laughs> podcast research. Yeah. And I then mean, I also not- watched the inter- intro sequence of Ace Ventura Pet Detective, the movie, which I grant has some charm. That yeah, was like, not captured by the the cartoon. Yeah, you know, like they they were fine. Um, so the movies were in 1994 and 95, and then this show ran from 95 to 97. Mm-hmm. Um, so this was, you know, we got to cash in quick. This is the this is the very definition of a cash in. It's like and, the Back uh, to the, the Future <clears throat> cartoon in that way. Yeah, and I mean they had good talent. The, the show was developed by Dwayne Capizzi, who's known for his work on Transformers as well as like. Other adaptations like Men in Black. I really like the, again, I really like the voice for Ace Ventura. Voice, uh, that's Michael Dangerfield. Not spelled that way. Yeah, Dangerfield. I I actually looked a little into Michael Dangerfield. (laughs) Apparently, the other major role he's had is playing G. Gordon Godfrey on Smallville. Uh, Which guy was that? He is the Bill O'Reilly of the Young Justice universe. Oh, no. No, it gets crazier. He's... Also, apparently, a plant from Apocalypse called Glorious Godfrey. Okay. Who masquerades as an MSNBC host in small. <laughs> <laughs> this is all canon DC stuff. If if they put that in the next Justice League movie, they have to have him um, portrayed by Gilbert Godfrey just to kind of keep it <laughs> consistent and make it weird. Yeah. I really liked uh, Gordon Godfrey. Like it was, uh, it's sort of the same role as um, Mr. Jameson, as J. Jonah Jameson. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. in in Spider Man, uh, just kind of like the skeptic who doesn't think well of the superheroes. It's it's a fun sure. character. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I interrupted you. Please go on. No, that's fine. Um, Seth MacFarlane is cited as a prominent writer on this show, which I think uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that shows. You can kind of tell. Yeah. And the the show ran on CBS and then Nickelodeon, and it was produced by Morgan Creek Entertainment, which produced the movies as well, uh, and Nelvana, the Canadian company that we've seen before in Beetlejuice. Okay, yeah, that, 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 that plays a little bit straighter. It does kind of have that plastic look that Beetlejuice has. Yeah, I, got, like, I, ha- I have yeah. a problem with the way a lot of this looks. The character that we see the most, Ace Ventura, there is that weird, like, I can't look away aspect of of his model that is shared with the real life person, but it's not, it's not appealing. We, we, we have a lot to say about this character because he's the only character as far as yeah, I can tell. <laughs> there's also a monkey and sometimes a druggie. We, we might as well jump in, right? Yeah. So uh, we've got a lot to say about this. It's Ace Ventura. He is, what if 
we what if we took Jim Carrey at his most manic and got rid of all the filters? Yeah, he's uh, and that's what this character is. He's basically like uh like he's trying to do like the Bugs Bunny thing, right? Or like when in yes. Scooby Doo they like dress up and try and get the monster into their world, but it it kind of doesn't work here because he never goes that far. Like the only time I saw him successfully convince somebody else to go along with him was a literal clone of himself. Everybody he's, else he's, is like, I can't deal with you. Yeah, he's not talking to... He's not trying to convince other people. He's not even trying to interact. He doesn't want to interact with the rest of the, the he cast. He's playing to the camera. This is, like, the most, like, greedy improv performer who's always on stage. Yeah, and it's it's been a while since I've disliked a protagonist this much. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he's deeply irritating. He's got that, uh, that kind of the flapjack thing with the... Do I do that? Uh, just with the constant. <laughs> he's got the ain't I a stinker face constantly. He's got he's got a he's got like that troll smile face, like the uh-huh. you know the eyes go to the back and the. I don't know what it is about the smile with like the little chipmunk cheek that just like oh, it, it, it's kind of like those knobbly knees that you sometimes see. Where like that's mm-hmm. not actually, I'm seeing that on the cartoon, but in my mind's eye, I can only see that on my body. And that, yeah. sat, and it looks like a medical emergency. <laughs> you know how, like, if you draw a circle on anything, you can make it look like a face because our brains are like, "Oh, that's an eye." Yeah. This feels like a weaponized version of that. Like, you're making me see a face where I shouldn't. I, I kind of like the idea that he is perpetually storing acorns in his in his cheeks, like some <laughs> sort of squirrel, because like... <laughs> like he is a pet detective. Maybe that's just like what's on hand for like, you know how like if you are if you're doing care for. Um, a rescue like if you're if you're taking someone away from a, a difficult situation or or trauma you you want to meet their physical needs you get them a blanket you get some hot cocoa something like that maybe that's his version of it is we, that we he's do storing do nuts see in his, him in his cheeks for lack so of a better can... word method acting with the animals <laughs> that is there's no better word so i'll allow it <laughs> Yeah, um, so this yeah. this character overall is defined by a couple of strong character traits and a million small ones. Yeah, go ahead. Give me give me the give me the stuff. Uh the following small characteristics of Ace Ventura are butt talking, one trip exposition, one word elongation, extreme breathiness, scatological tunnel vision, catchphrase overuse, outdated references, inappropriate references, self-referential references and casual racism yep yep i mean that's all there it's uh <laughs> it's a cheap comedy that like aims low and and knocks its block off it's uh it's not doing anything that we wouldn't expect from ace ventura i think it's just he is so unlikable a character in this and he's he's pretty unlikable in the like the part of the movie that i remember watching but uh, i yeah, don't but think the... he was that unlikable was he that unlikable in the mask is it just no, a no. character? The mask he was problem? a sympathetic character. Like we we were on his side both Sammy as the mask was and a as sympathetic Stanley character. Imkist. Here he was just like, you know, he was playing with polite society and there wasn't you know, if there's a villain who's stealing a bunch of money and killing people, that's one thing. The villains in the Ace Ventura movies are like, Oh, you know, I'm I'm hoarding all this guano to sell for cash and I'm like blackmailing somebody about it. I I, I think you're you're touching on something about Ace Ventura that like is important to his character is that it's it's a tongue it's it's a it's a it's a poke in the eye of polite society this is this is a character that markets itself on crossing the line that just intuitively is part of our our world like we Mm -hmm. we don't we 
you know, I, I just watched the um, the intro to the, the first Ace Ventura Pet Detective movie, and it just has him, you know, just kind of getting in everybody, like, in a, in a mm-hmm. way that I don't find okay anymore. Like, probably one time would have been charming to me in a, uh, in a yeah, we don't want to be so... PC culture all the time, but now now I'm thinking of like a person getting in my personal space, especially during pandemic, and I'm like, that's just more more well, than unhealthy. He's not that's doing just it rude as hell. He's not doing it for a reason. Like he could be a very effective pet detective without acting this way. No, he's clearly got some skills. I, I don't know what the skills are, but he, he keeps on being a monkey wrench whenever it's like, required. This was. I'm just trying to far. figure out why I dislike him so much. This was too far on the tail end of the slobs versus snobs dichotomy that we saw in, like, Caddyshack, mm. um, where you, Rodney Dangerfield, you know, um, he played this character a lot. We're like, oh, you know, he's gross and, you know, he's taking high society down a peg and we're rooting with him. It was Happy Gilmore. Of, it was done out by this point. Uh, Happy Gilmore did the same thing a little bit more directed, right? Like, mm-hmm. that was kind of the point of Happy Gilmore is, like, uh, golf is not a game for poor people, and but this is and and it and part of that is is you know incidental, and part of it isn't. So like that that actually kind of had a purpose to it. But the but the thing about the snobs in those scenarios is like they're mean and they're powerful. The villains yeah, the here are like. This- they're, they're just but, trying to get through their day without <laughs> somebody yelling at them and grabbing well, them by the shirt. I mean, even, they could even be criminals. It's just they're not mean about it, usually. Well, I mean, yeah, and that that's... I mean, he's he's like that to everybody, though. He's like that to the, <laughs> he's like that to the cops. Like, he does, like, the butt-talking thing to mm-hmm. the cops, unprompted. Like, it, nobody said anything related to butts at all. It's just, this is... He's, it's time he's, for me to do the thing. He's in his own world, and this is why I feel like it can work in live action with Jim Carrey because he was ad lib in that stuff. You know, if, yeah. if you do that and you can see the other characters like holding back a smile because they're not supposed to laugh at it, like that's pretty good. Maybe, maybe that's part of it too is the fact that in the movie you only had to ad lib different character traits for about 90 minutes. And in this, you have to keep on reusing the same ones because mm-hmm. can't come up with new character traits. The Ace Ventura is immortalized in amber and, you know, we'll just. You know, keep on keep on recycling the same bits. I, I mean, in the two episodes you saw, how many times did he say "la who's a her"? Five, easily yeah. five. <laughs> I didn't even have I didn't have to stop the count. I just remember so many. Different you know, because you had to get up and like get some water five times. <laughs> Splash some cold water on my face. Yeah, um, take a cold shower because it got me all hot and bothered. No, there's <laughs> it. Kind of reminded me of, and I think you were actually at this place. Uh, there was a we were at a bar mitzvah one time, and they had like a guest performer who came by and dr- dressed up as Dr. Evil and uh, and uh, then Austin Powers. I do remember this. <laughs> and the Dr. Evil one was pretty good. And the D- Austin Power one was really not good because he only he could only say the two things that were PG-13 friendly. But that that's kind of what it reminds me of is you've yeah, only got it- like five tricks and you just have to iterate through them for the course of the episode. There, you don't have anything else. <laughs> and it's not the actor's fault because that was the same guy too. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it, not the actor's fault at all. Like I don't blame, I don't blame Michael Dangerfield at all for you know <laughs> whatever he he did the best that he could with the role that he had. I mean, you could tell, you could feel them adding in some extra catchphrases later, but like mm. one of them was groovy and like Earthworm Jim already did that. 
I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know if that's... I, I feel like, yes, there's probably overlap between the crowds, but I think you're safe, you know, pretending <laughs> that you came up with Groovy. <laughs> Hell, no Austin Powers groovy did that before, too, right? Like, <laughs> or I guess he did more smashing. <laughs> what? This is the 90s. No one alive has ever said Groovy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? They're, yeah, I, I don't the know. Halcyon days. <laughs> yep. So um, all let, the little... And yeah, go ahead. All the little character treats of Ace Ventura are like not that interesting. They they fill I, time. I, I would say, yeah, the, the little traits fill time. The bigger trait is just he is very loud and very in your face. And it's like this concept could work if you let it. Like, he's actually a good detective. Like he catches on to things very quickly. And, like, he can focus. He can be serious. Just No, this can't be a serious show. Like, check yourself. Like, there's no way. There's Not no this way. this show, but, like, the idea of a pet detective. Oh, it's kind of cute. Be, that should be everywhere, right? I'm just trying to figure out. So, help me understand like this. That, why... that, like, that's Fillmore season 12 kind of idea. Yeah, that, that, that would be easy. And And the thing is, it's a decent detective spoof. If uh-huh. you actually just break it down by plot... Ace sees, oh, some some animal got kidnapped. I'm on the job. He goes and unravels, hey, bigger conspiracy. I'm getting in, I'm, I'm sticking my thumb in high society's eye in order to get, you know, results. Um, he somehow, man, he does some sort of Scooby-Doo failure trap to get the better of more competent villains. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, I mean, you have enough of a detective spoof in there as well as a Scooby-Doo spoof, for fuck's sake. Um there's a there's enough there for an actual kind of a show that relies more on its plot but the thing is you know imagine so imagine you went into a bathroom okay <laughs> it's and, like i'm there <laughs> and like immediately you you flip on the lights cockroaches scurry spider webs on the wall the, the sink, you turn it on, it's only got the one handle for cold water, and it comes out hot, and it's brown. <laughs> if the toilet has a wig and pompons and jingles a tune, how much are you paying attention to the rest of that bathroom? I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> the, toilet, the toilet has a wig? Is this a good or a it's bad got a wig. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those bewigged toilets. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I get you kind of lost me here. Ace, the character Ace Ventura is so loud and so obnoxious. I barely noted anything else that was happening. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't. I couldn't focus on anything. Like, do you he's, remember he's the like, name Zane? Tell me the name of any other character in the show, except ooh, for the monkey. Oh, I was gonna say the monkey. Um, he's yeah, got a buddy in a crime lab who he like says druggy references about but i don't know his actual name yeah does he i think there's there's a cop named emilio but that's for the sake of again weird racist humor like honestly i I, it's it's a little confusing yeah it's like um he's kind of like like weird al in one of his music videos but those only last like a few minutes i think that the ace ventura brand is sort of similar to the weird al brand in that it is thumbing its nose at polite society do you remember that article that i sent you i think it was a new york Times piece about like why weird al has appealed to so many people oh yeah the whole Great dare article. to be stupid thing mm-hmm. i mean think about that dare to be stupid one of those big songs jim carrey's work dumb and dumber like there is a 
a desire to make cool out of uncool here. Mm-hmm. So so it's not it's not undoable. I just think that this iteration in this animation style is really just it, it's it's just too much. It's that it's too like, loud and awful. The wild trickster guy who bends reality has been done a lot in cartoons. Let's talk about Freakazoid as an as an example to compare this to. Though. Mm, yeah. Because the zaniness in Freakazoid is clear, it's not nearly as loud, and it's not limited to a single character. And it's not limited to, like, pop culture references. Like, sometimes he's just wacky and fun, but it's it's usually in a, in a new way. Sure, and additionally, like, there is, it's not quite normal society, because it all has that Kids WD kind of, Kids WD 40, Kids WB sort of, like, <laughs> twist Those to poor it. children. <laughs> kids poor leaky kids children. WB kind of twist to it where like everything is a little bit Bobby's worldish. Uh-huh. But it uh you know, Freakazoid is clearly a step more strange than the rest. I I don't know why that works and this doesn't. Is it just a problem of writing? Is no, it the they're, fact they're, that the supporting cast is also good? What is going on? There are several reasons. Uh the fur the foremost among them is like in one of the episodes, I remember Freakazoid, like, he's going through a dungeon, and he finds a bowl, and he's just like, a bowl, a bowl, good for me. If it's straight up Johnny that, Bravo. If he did that again, that would not be funny. It's only funny the first time. Is it just that he's got more breadth? More breadth, more varied situations, but also an episode of Freakazoid is cut in the middle with an interstitial. You know, you That's don't get true. it all at once. The plots That's- are... Kind of mm. simpler. Like, these plots get kind of complicated. Yeah, like, I, I watched an episode where... uh, What was it even... Like, I actually... This is one of those other things that, like, he bends reality, is that if I take my eyes off of, her for, eyes off of it for 10 seconds, I don't know what has happened. <laughs> I, can't, I can't reconstruct it. I was watching an episode where he goes to a spoof of Jurassic Park which isn't a bad joke on its own. There's like a little Dr. Hammond with a Jane Goodall hat, which is kind of adorable. Um, apparently his pet Tyrannosaurus was stolen, and then they go to the t- pet Tyrannosaurus, like they go to the villains who stole them, and they're stealing them so they can use a shrink ray on them so they can mm-hmm. sell them as t- children's toys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. There's a little too much going on here. Yeah, I, I saw an episode where um, he was... Like, he found a cat, and he was like, I gotta find out where this cat goes. And he goes to this, like, archaeologist who's like, that's a, you know, that's an ancient cat, and it can unlock this ancient tomb in Egypt. And he's like, where'd the cat go? Uh, and then there's just, like, a 10-minute montage of Ace dying in the desert. And then, finally, like, he finds the temple and reveals, like, oh, the professor guy was at it, like, in the Scooby-Doo way. Like, this guy I met randomly is the villain. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I don't they do know that why or what or anything. There's no context for any of it. It's just uh, they they set up. It feels like they set up the one man play that is a the body Ventura to kind of just walk around for a while, make faces, do his catchphrases, <laughs> and then leave. They like they gave him the bare minimum amount of stage and scenery mm-hmm. in order for that to be reasonable. It almost and then feels they, like then you're they reverse. Left engineering the plot from where you want it to end like all right what weird place do we want him to go this time uh australia what's an animal koala what's the problem 
they're out of eucalyptus. Yeah, it feels a little bit. It feels a little mad libs. Yeah, a little bit. Like there is some cohesion, but there's also a lot of chaff. Uh, the cohesion is forced, though. It's it's forced it's anyway. Like, it's like, like if uh, you were playing Mad Libs with four really silly friends and one really serious friend who was trying to get it right. <laughs> he's just trying to. He's just trying to get Mad Libs play, is a thing you can get right. Seriously. Yeah, like, is there connective tissue between Jurassic Park Park spook spoof and like Shrink Ray? I don't think there is. Like, oh, like those like those Shrinky Dink uh, dinosaur. Yeah, it never comes up. Like that's sponges. not a that's not a thing that's mentioned. <laughs> so I think that's part of it. I think that the fact that Freakazoid has a better breadth of storytelling devices and also has more variety and frankly has probably better writers, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I was kind of seeing a different tact, which is just like, and I, this is coming from my natural tendency to shy away from things that are too loud and in my face. I think it's because Freakazoid kind of courts you a little bit. Like, yeah, he's he, it's it's gentler, right? Which one could argue goes against the philosophy of we're trying to poke fun at polite society. Like, we're not supposed to be polite, maybe, is the idea there. But I just, I found it a lot less engaging because, you know, I am a person for whom polite society exists. You can't just scream at me and have me not recoil, <laughs> you know, kind of reflexively at, from that. Sure. And that, that, that's sort of the feeling I was getting from this is, yes, there's comedic chops here. Can you, can you pump the brakes a bit can you slow down and like not and and of course his eye contact is always right on me right like following me from behind a painting like i can't get away from it (laughs) and i can't stop paying attention because if i do i won't know where i am i won't know what's going on so like (laughs) and and therefore you watch two episodes and you're done (laughs) he he requires me to give him my full attention and also like pretty viciously for it punishes me for paying too much attention (laughs) Uh, I, I think the, you know, another reason why Freakazoid works better is the superhero genre, I think, is just better at handling all the wackiness. Like, in Freakazoid, the wackiness comes first, and then it uses the superhero genre to embellish it. The detective genre is just not as flexible. I, I mean, you know, Pet Detective is, is whimsical, is plenty whimsical. Yeah, but you start there and you add wackiness. You're you're titrating in the wrong direction. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't get my titrations in order. Yeah, you got to put in a few extra drops of phenolphthalein. Yeah. So so this chemistry joke. Uh, yeah, I didn't get any of that. So I definitely didn't get any of this. Right. This is not for me. It it felt like it also felt like it was maybe your nemesis. But I don't I don't know if that's I don't know if you felt that way. Like my my, ne- my nemesis. Well, yeah, I mean, like, you just, you've told me before that, like, some of your pet peeves are people that you, like, seeing people in media that you wouldn't want to interact with in real life, and I have a hard time imagining you wanting to interact with an Ace Ventura. Like, were you okay watching him? Like, did you, did it, uh, did it not phase you or something? Like, like, what was your visceral reaction to him? It it was just, like, pretty exasperating how much of the same few lines i had to get through to see anything interesting uh, I, I, oh, so I honestly couldn't look away from the way that he looked it was just like i'm trying to place this face anywhere else in animation <laughs> yeah i had that same problem is like i, I want to compare it to something but there's kind of nothing uh, yeah. the best i could do was flapjack because of like the hyper exaggerated cheeks and 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 the kind of 
ain't I a stinker face? Let's let's break his looks down a little bit at a time, shall we? Yeah, because like in theory, this is the kind of you know fashion that I could get behind. I I said fashion. I was gonna say dressage, and I'm like, that's not the one. <laughs> no, but it's it's a fine word. I think we I think we could fit the just dressage in there some, somewhere later in the podcast. <laughs> I I am interested in like I think that his. So he does have a really dare to be stupid kind of weird owl outfit to him, uh-huh. complete with '80s mullet hair, which is yep, we're good. That sounds fine, you know. Um, I guess more pompadour than mullet, but you get the idea. The, the point is, this is somebody who is taking pains to honor how ridiculous he looks. It's not an yes, accident. It is, it is. It's on purpose. Intentionally sticking a thumb in the eye of society's expectations. Hawaiian shirt, long striped pants, like. Long you know what pants that don't go to that don't cover his shins completely. Mm-hmm. That like that's that's really good. Like well, in still the era, in the era where like capri pants are a thing of you know of, of the past, <laughs> this man was setting trends by trying desperately not to fit into trends. <laughs> I think that his costume is good. Like, and we're coming off the back of fucking Yu Gi Oh. Like, I can appreciate a costume <laughs> that is. That is uncohesive as long as it's not you like independently terrible. This is a good costume. It's a good costume for the character, and it looks good in isolation. I have no real problems with the costume. Yeah, like the art style of his face and everything else is is a little bit. That's where it you, starts to lose me. You you know what's wild? No other character in this show has a face like that. <laughs> Yeah, he he reads as an un, un like he reads like an unkind political cartoon after someone so after some bad news came out about Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the heads of everybody else looks like they come out of newspaper cartoons. Yep, <laughs> yep. It's it's Doonesbury, and then you know, I don't know, like a George Bush from <laughs> from the era in which you know every it was it was fair game, you know. Ace Ventura looks as different from most characters as Jim Carrey looks from most people. Like I, I think worse. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> like it's, there's I a think problem here. Yeah, and, and like he's got that. Like we said, we ha- he has that like resting, laughing troll face, like the emoticon. Mm-hmm. Additionally, his posture, though his <laughs> feet and eyes point toward each other, which is that is that is shorthand for dumb person. If you draw the arc of his body, it's a croissant. <laughs> well, I mean, like, and that just. Not only does he look stupid, he is wearing the codifiers of what a stupid person looks like. His eyes mm-hmm. do the thing like th- that the assholes from Spaceballs do. <laughs> you know, like I'm surrounded by Ace Venturas. <laughs> <laughs> and like, is there a reason to do this? Is it just dumb is close enough to funny that it passes? We need him to look wild and weird. He does that with his costume, Zane. No, 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 no. Anybody can wear a costume. We need to believe that this energy is coming from the man. I, I I really feel like they didn't have to put his eyes sticking toward each other. Like, I couldn't get away from it. <laughs> For me, it was that chin. Like, wh- like it felt oh, like they yeah. kept changing styles on me. <laughs> yeah, and he's got that underbite and those weird little cheek dimples. Like, oh, man, the dimples. I, it, I like yeah. the dimples. It, it's just, it's so clear that they tried to make him look like a big doofus. <laughs> And I don't know what the purpose is, because Doofus doesn't automatically read as funny mm-hmm. to me. Maybe that is, maybe it is that, like, Dumb and Dumber, right? Maybe Doofus is close enough to funny that you get a pass. I mean, you have the dumb, weirdly dressed character, like, 
that goes back to Shakespeare and beyond. Like that's that's a codified thing. But the '90s were already so weird and loud. Like you had to go one extra. It, is that what it is? I don't know. It feels like they went too far. If this character just perpetually had his tongue stuck out to the side, it would not be like it's that level of we mm-hmm. need to communicate, dumb person. Like they could have given him one of those like Tex Avery Adam's apple things, had his like face go crazy far out from his head and like the two buck teeth. Like that's it's close. It's not that bad, but it's close. And, and no matter what you think of his model, you can't stop looking at it because it's like all there is. It's the only thing that's moving and it's the only thing that's talking and it's talking right the fuck at me. <laughs> like, like I'm conditioned like, hey, call me the idiot for respecting polite society's whims. But if someone's talking at me and looking at me, I have to look like it's it's rude not to look back. Maybe that's what he's trying to teach this, us. This does feel like a psychological experiment more than a show. <laughs> like maybe this is the lesson that Jesse the Ace Ventura is trying to teach us. I know. It, I know it's 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 Ace it's Ace Ventura, <laughs> Jesse not Jesse the, the Ace Ventura. Jesse the Ace Ventura. Maybe that's a lesson that he's trying to teach us here. Is that, hey, don't respect polite society. So, polite society is not to treat me with the derision I so richly deserve. <laughs> <laughs> and and you just watch enough of it that you learn that lesson. Maybe that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he looks really terrible. <laughs> the The show itself, you know, enables that in in the plots and just like the way they've decided to structure things um there was an opening scene where he's like getting his hair cut or whatever and he gets knocked out with some knockout gas mm-hmm. the because the guy needed some hair from him to make a clone sure but he used too sure much hair did. gel and so the clone was all gummy Anyway, <laughs> that, like in isolation, that's kind of funny. <laughs> the The next scene, Ace wakes up and he, he, you know, he opens the door from his bedroom and he sees a bunch of animals throwing a pancake dance party. His words. And I'm like, is this a dream sequence? Is this part of the plot? Is this a new intro? I could not tell. <laughs> There's no context for what is off limits. And like it's yeah, I it, it it that that kind of underlines a different thing is like for a gag series, it has a surprisingly dim view of comedic timing, where mm-hmm. like the cutaways don't feel organic, and they often aren't to a funny purpose. Right. So like, if he's trying to like escape from a place, and he's like, "Don't worry, my monkey will save me," and I'm I'm toning it down for your. For your tender little ears audience, because <laughs> who boy, um, if, if cut to the monkey, all he's doing is eating, just eating. Yeah. He's not eating in a particularly funny way. There's nothing especially charming or humorous going on. The music doesn't really sell the moment. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like it, it feels like half of a joke. You know, like <laughs> you started something, and like is the joke just that the money? Oh, you thought the monkey would save you, but it turns out that he is. He will not save you because he's otherwise occupied. It, it's like they yeah. got a memo from on high that's like the only funny thing can be Ace Ventures, yeah. like talking and moving. Yeah, yeah, and well, and, and it went even farther than that because his jokes come out at way too fast a clip. Like there's a punchline, quote unquote, a punchline every three seconds, and it's only out of his mouth. And it, it's not even like a punchline. It's like 
a tangential referential it's a, joke. It's just a remark. It's just a remark that is like sort of funny, but did not deserve screen time in it. Like, like let's give me let me give an example because the the re- way I thought of it after I was watching it for a little bit is like this is some Ultimate Spider Man stuff where he just he needs to just chill. You know, <laughs> if you if you just chilled and didn't have to feel the need to do commentary running commentary for the entire show. We would be doing a lot better. I forget. Um, did we also decide that that was Seth MacFarlane's fault? <laughs> I, 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 I'm comfortable blaming him for that. <laughs> Add it on the pile. So the joke that I'm thinking of is a security guard comes out and he points a gun at Ace Venture and he's like, hands where I can see them. And Ace, you know, he, he, he you know, pushes Ace toward like down a hallway or something. And, and Ace is, can you see me now? Now? How about now? Maybe you need glasses. That's, that's it. What that's we're the whole. With. Yeah. They, can you see my hands now? How about now? You know, it. It. What is that? But it will be that into like a Shatner impression into like him talking out of his butt. Yeah. It, like it's. It's all. It. I. There's no craft to it. There's no connective tissue. There's no structure. It's just a pile of flesh in the shape of Jim Carrey. I, yeah. It's. It's. Maybe poorly constructed is the better way. Like, it's tricky because. There's problems independent of the structuring of the jokes and the comedy. I think there's in an inextractable difficulty in Ace Ventura is a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know if you can entirely... You can desanitize it somewhat, but it, it, there's still going to be problems there. I think, that, I think that you are right in that the writing just... And they had limited source material. They had like three gags from the Ace Ventura movies that they just had to recycle over and over, so... But yeah. but the fact that you're recycling them and you feel the need to make a joke every five seconds, ooh, those two those two pieces do not mix. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh you know it's stream of consciousness. You don't need to explain any of the jokes because you're either going to get them or not. Uh, we've seen that type of writing before. I don't. It's not coming to mind exactly where, but we've seen it before and it's been better. I think just it's the hit to miss ratio. Yeah, yeah, and there. It, it relies on fast jokes, and it does not have the raw material to create fast jokes. There's no, there's no context for fast jokes. There's no, like, you, you know, there's this thing in, in comedy where you can set up a joke for later, like a brick joke, and then mm-hmm. do a few jokes in between, and then it makes the other joke punch more because of that distance or, like, the foreshadowing. Every joke here is so self-contained. Yeah, it, it's self-contained and, and contextless. Um, mm-hmm. You, you are correct. Like, I think it would actually, it, the stage play thing is not irrelevant. Like, it, it does kind of, eh, not stage play, but it, it kind of sort of reads like Jim, Jim Carrey stand-up a little it's, bit. It's, it's broad. It's improv. It's, you yeah. know. Yeah, the, the pieces are not well arranged here, I guess is, is the point that we're making about the comedy. I do want to touch on one aspect of the genre that I do like. It's not the comedy one. But, you know, in, in doing a detective crime drama kind of thing that you know it's a spoof of it so clearly it's not all there but i like how the formula of it does kind of give some so the formula of it is ace investigates an animal stumbles upon a much bigger scheme fails his way into success by being a monkey wrench in their plans there's some fun to be had in watching somebody blundering that far above their pay grade sure like i i and like you remember in uh cat the um in in Lupin the Third, 
where there's this megalomaniacal genius and he has tied up Lupin and he's like, just like, he's, he's just like telling him oh, like the world will be created in my image. And Lupin's like kind of not listening and just like making idiot remarks and really mm-hmm. treating, treating the situation as not as serious as it is, as it is. And it's clearly getting under the guy's skin. Yeah. That's kind of charming. Like well, it's, the disparity it, of the situation versus the character who's in that situation. He he's doing the way the why the reason that it's effective is he's doing that knowing that it's actually important and he's doing it to like get the guy mad and keep control of the situation. You don't get <laughs> yeah, the sense that Ace Ventura knows what's going on. This is incidental. Well, he can't help himself. It just <laughs> thankfully it worked. It turns out that his particular brand of personality poison is really effective against all these supervillains who kidnap animals. Mm-hmm. But it, it's all incidental, I agree. <laughs> like, I mean, no, these are, there's no these impression are the that the wheels are turning. As a character, Ace Ventura makes sense. You know, his the fact that he interacts more with animals than people explains yeah. why he's not one of them and why he distances himself. And it's mm-hmm. like he's not afraid of getting gross. You know, you see him pretty much once an episode eating poop and it's not even like oh it's sprayed on his face he's just like mmm zesty yeah 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 (laughs) it's a fine vintage and like that makes sense you can't make this character any other way but like all the little things are not additive it is a little refreshing to see a kind of animal whisperer not inhabit the traits of animals you know, like, I mean, like, yes, you can make an argue, argument for the monkey pet of his and he are pretty similar. But so often I feel like when I see like in um, Princess Mononoke, the wolf girl behaves like a wolf. That makes sense. You, I understand that. This is like a little a step removed where this is the guy who mostly hangs out with animals. No, he doesn't behave like an animal. He just behaves less like a structured human. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of good. I, I appreciate the qualifier structured. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that's word is doing a lot of work. It's it's working overtime. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that you know his his personal mannerisms could be done better, but the the central conceit is fine. There, there's I I imagine there is a version of the show that I like, and I think that Ace Ventura just is the his own worst enemy there, and that's uh, I mean that that's. There's there's not no fun to be had at the show, but like that's a that's a nail in the coffin to me. He's just mm-hmm. it's too loud and it's it's too self-aggrandizing. Sure. Yeah. I don't know how do you, how did you feel about it? like did did you is there parts of this that you liked and and parts that you didn't or was it like a a huge miss? All I didn't want to watch. I didn't really want to watch more than I did. Um, you know, I I liked seeing how the connective bits of the plot worked together so like oh you know he's in australia and you know there's a weird missing or like there's evil koalas and then he discovers oh they're not getting eucalyptus where did it all go and then he also like gets ambushed and winds up on a truck filled with mayonnaise and he's like how do these things connect (laughs) and it is interesting to see how those connect (laughs) (laughs) but like I don't know. I, I could see it working if it was a lot shorter and it like that would eat up a lot of the time that he spends just, you know, filibustering the audience. What do you think would be what do you think would be the like if you could pick one thing that would improve this show into something 
into something more marketable to us as people who are, are sick of this obnoxious get being two in our faces. What would that change be? Split the character into two characters. I actually kind of agree. Like, give it the mask routine. And maybe not just the mask routine, because, like, I think we need a deuteragonist. He needs somebody to talk to, somebody to play off of. Yeah, you need the straight man who, like, needs his incredible skills and knowledge of the animal kingdom, but, like, has to keep him on task. Maybe. Did did Freakazoid have that? Because he had Cosgrove, but Cosgrove was just a different kind of Freakazoid (laughs) in in a lot of ways. You know, Freakazoid had his, you know, he had that dual nature. He was Dexter Douglas. Um, Earthworm Jim had, you know, not straight men per se, but he had, he had something to balance out the situation. He had like, he, he had a power dynamic, right? He would either power up or be not powered. And that's what drove the conflict. That's what put him into stakes where he had to get serious. There's no way to do that with Ace Ventura. You need a second guy. Maybe, maybe. Um, I, I do think that like the nature of the mask is is that it works because the world is serious around him and he is the big silly kind of black hole that pulls everything in. Mm-hmm. But but I don't know. Is it, but you is can it imagine. That it needs, do we need a deuteragonist or do we just need the rest of this the setting to be a lot less silly? Y- y- imagine, you know, oh, there's this guy, they call him the ace, and he is incredibly knowledgeable about this one thing and he can get it done, but he's hard to control. He's power in your hand. And now he's got this partner, Ventura, perhaps Jesse the Body Ventura, <laughs> who can, you know, round him out and talk sense into him. <laughs> I really like the inter- the impression. I, re- I like the, uh, imagine this show as just the Ventura brothers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> where, where it is an odd couple relationship between Jesse and Ace Ventura. You know, <laughs> you know. Speaking of Jesse Ventura's political machinations, I'm picturing Ace Ventura 2020 stickers. <laughs> Ace the pet detective Ventura. I, I think I agree that like a deuteragonist could really help round this out. It's it's hard for me to put it in my head how it would look because so much of the art style looks like the Lego movie in a bucket of cocaine that like it <laughs> I I can't I I'm having a hard time picturing a deuteragonist that would be able to qualify as a appropriate straight man. Like I think as soon as I imagine a deuteragonist, he just gets covered in Lego cocaine. Like there's like it just the, the well, setting was, morphs him. Like the mask has done the, it. Like Speaking of speaking the setting, of like, Lego cocaine. <laughs> that is, a, I'm using that. There is a problem in that you would never be able to fit two characters on screen for a large amount of time because, like, oh, a- ba- Ace Ventura would eat him. The background is just him. like a tarp, pretty much. Like it's like middle school tarp painted background for a theater project. Yeah, and then this character model really pops in front of it, but he takes up half the screen all the time. <laughs> yep. I'm serious when I say, like, you cannot look away if you want to engage with the show at all. Yeah, and and if you don't like looking directly at somebody who's looking back at you with a, you know, way too much intensity and a lot of bad jokes and just waiting for you to laugh, like, it just, uh, uh, ugh. Yeah, like like imagine being at a party and interacting with a clown who will not leave until he makes (laughs) you laugh. (laughs) The, The clown is only paying attention to you. And like, 
you're the only audience member and the rest of the party is just trying to have a normal party. <laughs> the clown just, is just, just like <laughs> elbowing you in the ribs and being like, uh, being like, dairy free, not for me. <laughs> and like nobody else reacts to it because of course they don't. <laughs> But he won't leave you alone until you react to it in some way. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. Well, uh, you want to talk about the... Uh, I guess the animation. we got a couple more things to, to wrap up, maybe. Yeah, shoot. So, um, I I I was interested. This, this part kind of stuck out to me. How did you feel about the pace of the actual action scenes? Oh man, I don't know. Did he flip once? Did he like? He does some like real floaty f- flips. Um, but the the point I'm trying to get at is that like, despite Ace being real jerky and 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 that kind of thing, the actual action is kind of slow. Like, uh, someone will slip and just slide for a long time while nobody else reacts. You know, there's it's... no actual fight scenes. There's you know, uh, I yeah, you I cut away during the moment of impact. Uh, you do that, but like when Ace is like diving out of the way, it just feels like there's a real slowdown in like him bending his legs and then just jumping and mm-hmm. floating through the air. Like I got some some Tarzan physics problems here. Well, he can't move faster. You would no longer recognize him as human. Like, oh, this is like <laughs> chupacabra light. <laughs> this is like a chupacabra flash. <laughs> But I, the, I think maybe it's yeah, it's maybe a way to make Ace the focus a little bit better. Is like you you still have to follow his the eyes have to follow him. If the eyes aren't on Ace, he doesn't get the royalties. The the action sequences, and I'm using that term generously. I you know, know. it's like they weren't sure how much Looney Tune physics they wanted to implement, and they found exactly the wrong balance. It didn't feel natural to me. I don't but know. It also, didn't feel over exaggerated. Like like they were never going to like. I'm imagining, oh, somebody tackles you and you lift yourself up on something and float there for a second and then come down. Mm-hmm. Real life, you go up, you come down. Looney mm-hmm. Tunes, you go up, you stay there for a little bit with a quip, and then you go down. This is like that weird bit in between where you're just kind of taking up time. It, it, feel, it feels like they were taking up time a little. And not really like taking up time. It just it felt like they were jumping through molasses a lot of the time, and that mm-hmm. was just strange to me. Um, yeah. But I, I do want to... One other thing I want to mention, though, is that uh, I I think this is related, is that, you know, I, I think that this kind of comedy relies a little bit on its ability to enact physical comedy. Sure. So, like, you know, Ace will be apprehended from behind and his arms will be tied into a pretzel, that kind of thing. Like, that the, like physics are a suggestion for the sake of physical comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of like the way that worked. Um, because it it at least was consistent with the show being as ace focused as it was. Like if if you have ace as the main thing, yes, you should probably have stuff in the in like physically not making sense as well. Like a, a helicopter bouncing off a hilltop and and then then the tree, it'll do so with like a bunch of squeeze and stretch laws. Like we're full in Looney Tunes mode for a lot of the action, mm-hmm. and I think that does kind of work with what they're going for here. Let, let me describe for you kind of the only scene I remember from the movies. And it's in the second one where he's in a pretty racist depiction of a native tribal village. Cool. 
And, you know, he has to engage in, you know, noble combat or whatever so that he can get information and sleep with the elder's daughter. Yeah, and, be, and he has to oust Killmonger. Yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, oh, man, can you imagine just a Hawaiian shirt the whole time? <laughs> Wait, his name was Killmonger, right? Did I forget? His uh, name was Black Killmonger. <laughs> was his name Killmonger? Killmonger. In, in Black Panther? Yeah. Okay, I just, I I just, I, I couldn't remember it. Like, it, it has the sound of something that I did not remember correctly. Yeah, in the in the G-rated version, he's called Mr. Mean, and Hawaiian shirts cover up all the abs. <laughs> so in Ace Ventura Two, <laughs> um, he's he's fighting, and the guy who he's fighting throws a spear into his thigh, and it sticks through. And you are looking at Jim Carrey, who is just like his hands around his head, and then down to his leg, and he's just like mouth agape, screaming like. Ah, <laughs> and then the guy throws, or, or he's like, "Okay, I'm, I, I, I can still take him. I can still take him." And the guy throws another one and hits the exact same spot on the other leg, and he just kind of like goes ah ah, like back and forth between them. Oh yeah, <laughs> in a bit of sure. physical comedy that works for me because it's so ridiculous in the context of our world. Um, sure. Just the just the look of it and the way that he sells it with his personal charisma. Mm-hmm. Here, that wouldn't one you couldn't do that, but two because his legs are like little sticks that are just more suggestions than it, yeah, existence. that's like a minus twenty to hit. <laughs> There's no way, but like it, it wouldn't sell because everything else is already so elevated. Yeah, and and it's not a thing that Jim Carrey adjacent characters can't do because that is one of the main you know high points of the mask is this character who is in our world swallowing a bomb. And then his torso exploding outward like a balloon inflating and like smoke coming out his mouth like, oh, excuse me. Like that, that is, that's an example of cartoon physical comedy that really kind of fits what the mask is going for, which is this is, this is other. This is not yes. of our world. The mask and that's is the definitely point. more successful in, in both medium. Um, but like, so also when the, um, the way that he like would scream when things happen. Because uh, mm. sometimes he's like panicking because there's snakes. It's never that full throated like I'm outside or on set. This is all everybody here is doing today. I can be as loud as I want. <laughs> this is I'm in a studio. I can't go farther away from the microphone. I can't scream because I'll blow out the microphone. I have to do this weird like stage whisper scream. Yeah. <laughs> and he does it all the time. Yeah, with some some real goonish faces. Like he does the um he does like I know we've kind of already talked about his face, but he does one thing with some regularity when he's screaming, which is the uh the mouth becomes like a perfect circle and like kind of ululates like a standing wave. Yeah, like yeah, on yeah. a you know, like if if you if you look at Oh you know, no. Yeah, and like you you get the wiggle in there, you get his his mouth is like oscillating at the fourth harmonic or something. It looks yeah, really yeah. strange. It it's how somebody who's never seen animation would describe fear. <laughs> or or experienced fear, someone who has no <laughs> context for fear. So let me like, get this straight. When you're afraid, you scream and your body shakes, right? Okay, mouth wiggles, got it. Yeah, yeah, why don't we just Here's a real economy of effort. Put them in the same spot. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. 
uh, that's all I had for animation. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can go a little bit into dialogue if you're if you're comfy with that because I didn't say much. I didn't have much to say about music. I don't want to talk more about the way he talks. Um, can I can I give a couple more examples of the half of a joke thing? Yeah. So he pushes like he they're flying a helicopter and a scientist, a researcher of some kind, apparently gets sucked out the airlock or something. Not airlock, but like he he's out of the helicopter. Something happened. Hijinks have ensued. And he is, his like his one liner is just to say hostile a thesis, baby. <laughs> Which uh, is what? Hostile a thesis. Like because like he's th- a researcher, so he does thesis papers? That's so far. That's such like, a stretch. Is, yeah. And where where did the Yeah, like I, I don't know how we got to Schwarzenegger in that moment. <laughs> Like mm-hmm. it was this was helicopters and Rambo a thing? I don't remember. Like at least with Beetlejuice, you understood where the pun was coming from. <laughs> yeah, that that's the thing. It's like there's no no context. Um, another one is like somebody mentions that it's going to be dangerous, and he responds, "Danger? A good pet detective doesn't know the meaning of the word, especially if he has an abridged dictionary." Which again like, is just like not. Ha- it's just a half of a joke. <laughs> just just fill in time. Yeah, there's nothing there. There's no, there's no punchline. But and and the thing is, he is waiting for you to laugh at that half of a joke. He doesn't think he has to do more, and he's looking right at you in this in this clown party. Jim Carrey doesn't need to do more. That's no. the thing. Right. They tried to make it one to one. Yeah. You can and see. It, you can imagine some. You can imagine the writers getting writer's block, and then going back to watch the movie and like, what's the closest thing he said to what's happening here? It, yeah, you you can. <laughs> you you totally can. And like, he just doesn't. There's no room for this character to play in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's all I had to say about dialogue. I I think yeah. it's pretty pretty. It, it it does feel like a rush job in a lot of ways. Like this is part of why we keep on saying why we said at the beginning. Like it feels like a. Like the 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 clearest example of a cash in that we've had in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, to that point, the music is very much like, oh, this is the first thing I would think of, so we're putting it in and reusing it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty much exclusively like tuba, Mission Impossible theme, or boogie surf rock. I like the surf rock. Like that's an underrepresented form of music in in cartoons. I think surf rock's good. Yeah, um, and I- surf rock is what we get for the first intro. Which has, um, you know, there's some animals, there's some hijinks. He says a catchphrase. There's surf rock. It's it's fine. I only saw one of the intros, and I don't know which one it was. Um, did yours have backup singers and a sardonic rat? I I actually could not tell you because my eyes never left Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. <laughs> I'm thinking that you saw the first intro. The second one is weirder and more in your face. <laughs> It's like, he can go back in time and save the dinosaurs. He can oh, yeah. go to an I, alien they're... world. <laughs> why, why did you sing that like the B-52s? <laughs> ben, you got, I'm, 
I'll put it in. Hang it by Wait on the world. <laughs> Ace Ventura, pet detective. <laughs> I got me an ace. He's as big as a whale. <laughs> I've got me a whale. She's as big as a whale. <laughs> that, That's a joke you would make. Weird Al get on it. What would that be? Whale shack? Love whale? A whale of a time? A whale of a time, yes. Are we thinking of titles? I don't know. I just, I was, I like workshopping songs that Weird Al could do. If he didn't have, if he didn't, if he didn't already have better ideas. Uh, yeah. So yeah, bad show. Uh, no, no disrespect to Jim Carrey. He has his place. It's not here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about this? Like, I'm, I'm pretty done with this. Like I was, I really phoned this one in, but I don't think it has much more. I think the best thing I can say about this show is that it's not harmful. Like <laughs> in the way no. that like in the way that like cigarettes have a surgeon general warning on them. <laughs> like your kid is just flipping through channels, he finds something that looks like a cartoon, he sits down to watch it. Oh, what are you watching there? Ace Ventura. Oh, fine. I don't need to like have a conversation with you. I don't need to like worry maybe, that you're gonna show me more maybe we'll deal with that turn like bending over and making it sound like your butt is talking thing like that's oh, definitely but if that's my how, kid starts doing that after seeing it on tv we're gonna have a, a serious conversation about role models but that that's how oh man i can't imagine what kind of like if you were trying to raise a kid with like good role models i can't i can only think that you're gonna like give him like leave it to beaver and <laughs> You know, a lot of 60s era shows of like of just family values. Mm-hmm. When I um when I got married, I inherited some nephews and they um they were young enough that I was aware of of them and their family and everything that was happening when the oldest one learned how sarcasm worked. Nice. And it was just like, oh, no, this this is the turn. This this is the place we're going to be in until you're 18. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it, gosh, kids who have figured out a little bit of how to be human are the worst. Like, it's, (laughs) like, uh, like, it's worse than just, like, because kids, you can give a pass. Like, they don't, you don't know what you're doing. Why is he lying? Because it's fun. Like, he doesn't have context for what Mm -hmm. a joke is in terms of, in terms of that. He doesn't have a context for irony. So, like, do you just say, I don't know, I... I shouldn't be around kids, I guess is my point. Like, no, I mean, like, <laughs> they, they shouldn't the be around kids, me. kids are going to do that at some point. It's just like, all right, how long are we willing to let the Ace Ventura phase last? One week? Yeah, one week, <laughs> one week and we're out. You're going to have to, you'll, you'll have to show, like, every time they exhibit You can switch Ace it Venturi. to the mask or another Jim Carrey character, but, you know, let's this, keep it moving. The, the Ace Ventura Pet Detective cartoon is the room full of cigarettes that you make the child watch in order to t- <laughs> teach them... Hey man, this the thing is too much. <laughs> that's that's actually pretty good, yeah. Yeah, and and then you straight then you give them the mask to straighten them out a little bit, and then you give them certain eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. That was Jim Carrey. My goodness, right? And then you give them <laughs> Doctor Robotnik. If right back, right back to square one, but like taller. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 still back in that square, but now he knows where he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. He has the context now. Yeah, it's like uh, at the end of BoJack Horseman, where like the last thing he does before shit really hits the fan is he goes and does stand up at a nightclub for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like we've gone back to square one, but like 
I know this is where I belong now. It's like the hero's journey, but like I could not draw that treasure map. No, just um, go to uh, Brian David Gilbert's uh, Kingdom Hearts Hero's Journey. Oh yeah, that works, thing's great. Works just as good. And that is the storied history of Jim Carrey, Jesse the Body Ventura, <laughs> and his odd odd thirty somethings between pro wrestling and being a governor of Mississippi or Minnesota. <laughs> Where he was a pet detective for hire with his brother, Bruddy, Bruddy, brother, uh, Ace, the Soul Ventura. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ben, next time, what are we talking about? The mind. The mind. Oh, uh, next time we'll be watching um, a curious little feature called uh, Doctor Who Return of the Daleks. The power of the Daleks. You'll get the noun right one of these days. No, unfortunately, the universe continues to conspire against us. Uh, Instead, we will uh, be watching My Life as a Teenage Robot, which I'm actually pretty interested in uh, checking out. Uh, But anyway, after that, Zane, what are we doing? It is that time of year, your favorite. It is the Cartoni Awards. The Cartoni. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for, I think it's the sixth annual Cartoni Awards, so we get to put the uh, Jack Black... We can put the Jack Black six 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 into the the intro part. <laughs> I'll leave that to you. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll be proud and happy to do it, man. I'm into it. Um, but yeah, it uh, I'm excited for it, man. Um, hopefully you guys are as well. We have already gotten suggestions for kinds of things to talk about. Generally, how we do it is we come up with categories such as which show had the dimmest grasp of social commentary or which show had the you know, um, best uh, best villain dialogue or something like that. And and we rank shows that we've covered in the past year and try to figure out which one is the, was the best. So what we like mm-hmm. to do is invite everybody who's listening to go to our Facebook page or our website at fancybat.com or cartoncast.com and leave a comment. Uh, go to our contact page there and leave a comment for types of categories that you want to have us show, uh, that you want to have us talk about for the six annual Cartoni Awards. You can also mm-hmm. go to Apple Podcasts to leave us a rating or review. Really helps us out, and it lets you know that you like us. And uh, more than anything else, just tell your friends about the shoe. <laughs> yeah, and, and no recommendation or idea is too dumb, because we just did this. Yeah, this, this was too dumb, but now <laughs> we found the bottom. I, I, I remember we were choosing between this and, like, Dumb and Dumber, and I'm interested to eventually go back, or not Dumb and Dumber, but Beavis and Butthead. And I'm mm-hmm. interested to eventually go back to Beavis and Butthead and compare it directly to this. Because I think that would be revealing. I need some time I understand. to get away and find myself. I understand. I understand. When you, when you are ready for it, it will be there and it will be B-E-A-utiful. <laughs> when you were walking through the sand there was one set of footprints because ace ventura was on your head like checking you for ticks <laughs> checking you for ticks and telling you that you were not such a lahoo <laughs> but you've won our fabulous prize i don't get it just seems like something he would say oh yeah it, i guess like it's i can hear his accent through my mouth but i can't hear it through anybody else's mouth except for ace the body and soul ventura have you been possessed by Jim Carrey? May, per, mayhaps I have. <laughs> the trick with doing a Jim Carrey accent is just to like, when you're talking, make your jaw go in other directions other than up and down. Like have it go forward, have it go to the side, and then just Rick talk Healy. as much as you want. 
<laughs> you learn something new every day. Man, and he does a lot of horse faces too, doesn't he? Ben, would you consider this show educational? Because there were animal facts. I would consider this show a horse face cartoon. <laughs> yeah, they were they were kind of hidden in there. Are there animal facts? Like what, reindeer levitate? What kind of animal facts are you talking about? Koalas are lactose intolerant. Um, the first known cat was called a Mao. Uh, you know, occasional facts. It's cute, but like I, I, I would uh, like considering how much the writers kind of phoned it in. I, I, I could would consider that more incidental. I don't know if that was a leading question to get me to do an outro thing, but like I, I answered it seriously. I'm no, sorry. it just occurred to me that the, I did learn some animal facts. Oh, okay, fair enough. But not nearly enough to make it count. Well, uh, what what do we want to do for the outro thing? Oh, can you give me a Jesse Ventura fact? <laughs> Hang on, like I had a couple of them. Let me go try to find one. I mean, it can be fake. It can be like, you know, he's made up of 50% grain alcohol by weight. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, my, my other Jesse Ventura fact is that uh, in 2011, he announced his support for Ron Paul on the Alex Jones show as the only anti-war candidate. It's... You know, I didn't know anything about his politics, but I just assumed like benign libertarian. That's it. You've got benign, <laughs> benign libertarian. This is pretty much what it is. Well, I just think to save our country, we need to abolish the political parties, make them political action committees. And there's one thing we could do to start off with. Why do we put and I refer to them as the Democrips and the Republicans because they call the blue states Democrats. Well, that's also the colors of the Crips. Blue.